all murder is, at its heart, an act filled with cowardice and stupidity, and there is no method of murder lower than poisoning. It is the method of the true recreant. To kill someone who trusts you enough to allow you to prepare their food is a high betrayal. This week, we'll discuss a poltroon and bully of the highest order, the despicable Tilly Climac. Y'all listening to Old Timey Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your hosts, Christy and Scott. It's old timey crimey. I'm Christy. I'm Scott with a thesaurus. That I used a lot of words that I don't know the real meaning to in that intro. It's... I don't know the meaning, and I'm a freaking writer. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's your week going? It's been it's been good. It's been bad. Um, anybody who's familiar with the creators on YouTube, uh, COPPA, the Children's Online Protection and Privacy Act, YouTube got caught saving and uh, like children's ads so now if you're a children's content producer you're going to be making one tenth the amount you do and if you produce content that isn't of an adult nature which i'm not talking pornography but i'm saying like if you review toys and you say shit yeah or if you make a silly joke as we do on our podcast Mm -hmm. Then it is, even though you market not for children, you are going to be hit with a $42,500 fine. Oh my God. And at first I thought, ah, eh, this isn't going to affect me. It's totally going to affect me. Even if you mark your channel not for children, if the FTC sees your video, you get fined $42,500 per video. Jeez. And they have said they are going after people. It's not worth it to stay on YouTube. But at the same time, I don't want to lose all that content. Mm -hmm. So I've been downloading videos one at a time. There are supposedly tools that download your entire catalog, but they don't really work. Of course. Right. So I have been downloading my videos. I have downloaded close to 500 videos, Mm. around about 87 gigs worth of material, and I'm only halfway done. So I've been downloading them five at a time, deleting them five at a time. And eventually we are going to move my other podcast to a different platform where we don't have to worry about this. On the good side of things, my 3D printer arrived today and I'm going to print myself a whole new life. <laughs> I So I'm building this 3D printer. This, is, this was hilarious. It's going to seem like it sucks at first. I get to the very last connection. And it's it's like these the electrical connections in your car where it's like three wires and a plastic bit and you push it into another plastic bit. Mm-hmm. I get to the last one and it's broke. Oh my god! Right, I have just spent two hours on this, so I break this thing apart and I'm connecting the wires by hand. It's like a little push metal piece, like a circular metal piece on the end. I'm like, okay, here's the top wire, here's the bottom wire. And I'm there going like, and for 20 minutes, I'm like, son of a bitch, I'm going to have to find this on YouTube. I got the printer working. I'm happy about that. And then I realized, you know, you dumbass, you could just print one out. (laughs) And I went on Thingiverse and it's like, three prong computer. Yeah, they're three pin computer console and boom. And I'm going to print one out tonight. Oh my God. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) How's your week been, bud? 
Well, today is the start of my Thanksgiving break. Nice. Uh, the school changed things up this year. They're not doing fall break where they usually get like a day off in somewhere in October. Instead, they're doing an entire week for Thanksgiving. So we're going to see how that goes. I feel like I'm going to come back and just completely forget everything and my, that I've done or need to do, and I, my students will probably do the same thing um, if I'm doing it, <laughs> they're doing it too. But yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to getting a lot of stuff done. I have like 35 papers to grade and 70 homework assignments to grade, so that'll be super awesome. But it's part of the the gig, you know, it's part of the job. So yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of it, there was an energy in the air at school, and everybody's kind of like, yeah, let's get to it, let's mm-hmm. get some done with this, you know, and. And then after we get back, we only have one week before finals. Like, it's always, it amazes me how quickly it comes. You know, it's just like, bam, you're back, and then bam, you're done. Yeah. So, so yeah, this, this semester is is nearing its end, and I'm going to have a lot of work to do when that happens, because that's when I grade their their final project. But, yeah, I'm just excited for uh, for turkey and for getting stuff done those are the two things i'm excited about i have an entire list of like different categories like school podcast house work you know like all the different areas i need to like you know use this time wisely and i'm gonna i think i'm gonna try to go to the gym every day until thanksgiving and then immediately fall off the wagon (laughs) and uh maybe try to get back to it we'll see what happens but yeah fair enough i'm going to take a set of dumbbells to work with me and just Give myself one of those. There you go. Yeah. As I'm working. I got some right here. You can you can use some right now. Right on. <laughs> we'll both work out while we podcast. No, I'm just this is gonna this is happening now. I'll do it too. Oh, fair want, enough. Do you want a five or a three? I'll do the five. Okay. I'll do the five. There you go. There we go. All right. So welcome to podcasting and biceps with Christy and Scott. Remember. <laughs> murder remember. and murder and biceps. Remember. Slow on the way down. Don't let your arm fall. Let those muscles work on the oh, way down. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't think of any good transition here. None um, at all. But uh, Tilly Climac, that's who we're, <laughs> we're talking about this week. Um, so, yes. Um, this was, uh, I, I have a little, I want to kind of set the scene. Okay. All right. So uh, this was uh, not until the 1920s, but it should be known that there was, an influx of Polish immigrants that came to Chicago from about the 1850s to the 1920s. And it was called, generally it was called Zeklebem. Nope. <laughs> and I even looked this up how to pronounce it. Zeklebem. Zeklebem? Zeklebem. Zeklebem. I need to get the CH further back in the throat. Zeklebem. There you go. Which is translates to for the bread, essentially. Okay. And um, in the U.S. all around, over that same time frame, about 2.5 million uh, and this was largely due to uh, the, the aftermath of the Franco-Prussian War, which I didn't go too deep down that rabbit hole. So I just know it was because of that, most likely. I wonder what if that's what caused our location. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them came to areas like Pennsylvania um, and in areas in the Midwest where there was uh, you know, labor like coal mining here and uh, you know, and various different uh, labors that they could do uh, in, in the industrial areas. So, so yeah, that was probably the exact same uh, phenomenon that was happening here. I mean, you look at, you drive through, there's an area of town called Brownstown, you know, and you, you drive through it. And at one point in time, they had uh, like sort of signs hanging, banners hanging from the, the telephone poles and such, or the light poles with, um, I, I, I believe it was names of like founding families of the, mm-hmm. of the township or borough. I don't know what it is. We're weird. Um, and it was like driving through the Polish phone book. <laughs> it was seriously like everything ended in ski. Lots of CZYX. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
So most of them, a lot of them didn't actually intend to stay permanently. They they wanted to come, earn enough money to sort of, you know, upgrade their social status back home and then go back home. But a, a lot of them actually ended up staying. Chicago had the most Polish immigrants of any U.S. city until 2012. You're kidding. When it was surpassed by New York City. Wow. Yeah, until 2012. So that's sort of the environment uh, that uh, one Otili Gbrek uh, is born into. She's born in 1876 in Poland, but she wouldn't have remembered much of that because she came over with her parents uh, to Chicago to the Little Warsaw neighborhood. Just warning everybody here, each name that you hear today is just going to be consonants next to each other where there shouldn't be consonants yeah. next to It's essentially a Saturday morning word jumble, every name. And also lots of Johns and Josephs. Yes. And the papers couldn't keep it straight, so we're going to have a hard time keeping oh, it yeah. straight. Because I had some of my, some of mine were like Johns, or, or like it would be John so-and-so, and then another source would be Joseph so-and-so, and I was like, but what was his name? So uh, she was born a Tilly, but she became known as just Tilly. And she married Joseph Mitkowitz in 1895. She became really known for two things. Her cooking, which was apparently pretty damn good for some people, and her death predictions. She would predict the death of people and animals, and uh, then they would die exactly when she said they would. And it just happened to be a coincidence that these people or animals had pissed her off. (laughs) What do you know? Why didn't anybody suspect? I honestly don't know. It took them people, years to catch her. Oh, absolutely years. I think people around her knew, and they like, and we even have an example of this coming up later. People around her knew. They just, you know, kind of kept it quiet. And nobody actually went to the police because God only knows if you went to the police and she ended up getting released. Well, I guess you're going to be eating some poison moonshine next, buddy. Yeah. Now, drinking did, poison moonshine. You're not going to eat it. Did we ever find out what happened to her mother and father, Macalina and Macau? Um, they do show up uh, later on around the trial. Okay. Okay. Because so, I was just wondering spoilers. if she poisoned them, too. <laughs> well, God only knows. Yeah. So, um, Mitkowitz, her husband, uh, died in January uh, 1914. Leaving her a tidy $1,000 in life insurance. Mm-hmm. Quite an amount. Rem- comes out to about 25500 in modern day currency. Um, so, that was January 13th. February 14th. Of the same year. Happy Valentine's Day, Happy everyone. Valentine's Love Day. Love is in the air. It absolutely is with Joseph Braskowski. This is Joseph number two, unless one of them was actually named John. We don't know. Sources very wildly. Trying out a new tune. Oh, I like that. Thank you. So he died in May. <laughs> this this woman was just a, a frequent flyer at the funeral home, yeah. you know? Like, she, she had a little card that they stamped every time she had a husband die. Yeah. <laughs> Back again. Thank you for the business. No, I won't have a cookie. No, I'm good. Thanks. Thanks. So in May, when he died, he left her $2,000 in life insurance, which you can do the math. That's about $50,000 because only five months have passed since the last one. So there's no change really in inflation. Actually, it was only about $722 in life insurance. He actually left her $1,200 cash. Oh, okay. All right. So they they added that together. Yeah. I see. I see. I see. Soon after that, she met a man named Guskowski. Um, he was either a John or a Joseph. <laughs> it really, again, there was a lot of both of those in the mix, and that mixed up the papers. See, I saw Guskowski, but I also saw Grantkowski. 
So I also saw Ruskowski print or spelled like three different ways. Yeah, too. So yeah. There's no consistency whatsoever. Can you imagine being the poor like typist at the <laughs> Chicago Tribune going, "My name's Smith." <laughs> Can you imagine the court stenographer? Yeah. <laughs> Holy oh hell, you're going to do that in, in shorthand? Like, where, I, an O with a smaller O on top of it? An A that's been bitten by a snake? I don't understand what the fuck these things are. Why does this E have a little foot hanging off of it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Does the R circumcise? <laughs> So these two, uh, good old Tilly and John or Joseph Guskowski, they took a little trip to Milwaukee. And on this trip, she actually confessed that she had killed her first two husbands. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not marrying you. And she's like, all right, well, how about some blackmail? Maybe. And she tries, she says, if he spills the beans. Wait, wait, how do you blackmail somebody who you've confessed murder to? Uh, well, you used the recently passed, well, not recently, it was passed in 1910, the Mann Act, okay. spelled M-A-N-N, which made it a felony to engage in interstate or foreign commerce transport, quote, any woman or girl for the purpose of prostitution or debauchery or for any other purpose, end quote. You want to talk about vague laws. Yeah. Or for any other purpose. Or for, uh, <laughs> uh, she was going to weed my garden. <laughs> I'm taking her to visit her aunt. This is as wholesome as it gets. There needs to be like a math to the law mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, this law is a one. This law, you know, this law, if you break this law, that's worth a two. You transported somebody across state lines. That's a three, and you're a foreigner. That's a one, but murder is a ten, <laughs> right? So we're gonna forgive that because that only adds up to five. <laughs> murder is a ten. You you go ahead and turn her in. And there won't be any trouble. <laughs> it's uh, it's actually interesting how many uh, people whose names we know were arrested under the Man Act. Really? Do tell. Frank Lloyd Wright. No, relative of mine. Really? Yes. <gasps> My mother's maiden name was Wright. We're going to have to do Frank Lloyd Wright at some point in time. It may be, I would looked it up, probably would be a mini crimey, I think, for either yeah. the Patreon or bonus, you know. For Frank Lloyd listeners. Wright, relative of mine, Orville and Wilbur, relative of mine. My gosh. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Um, Charlie Chaplin? Uh, he deserved to be arrested. <laughs> Charles Manson? He definitely deserved <laughs> to be arrested. Uh, Jack Johnson, the boxer? Uh, don't know him. Chuck Berry? I love me some Chuck Berry. Essentially, this was meant to prevent uh, white slavery, but was basically just used to punish interracial relationships. Or, in Tilly's case, for blackmail purposes. I see. So, uh... They... Everybody's thinking, like, oh, Tilly's, Tilly's probably a hot-smoking piece of ass. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. no she is I a... hate to uh, look shame, but oh. So I want you to picture Brent Spiner, the actor that played Data from Star Trek. <laughs> now put him on a cube and now make him speak broken English yeah. despite the fact that you've been in the country since you were an infant. Yeah. What? <laughs> well, if you're raised in a household, like, like maybe you don't go to school until you're six or seven, the first language you'll learn if you're raised in a household where the, your parents speak Polish, you're going to learn Polish. And it's in a, in a little Warsaw, which is a Polish community, so she's surrounded by it there, too. The, the school, they might even have primarily spoken Polish at. Who knows? Fair enough. But you're in the country. But you've been in the country your entire life. Yes. You, you would think that it would be a little bit better. But eh, education wasn't so great back then. That's true. It's so much better now. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it is not. Sarcasm. Um, so uh, Tilly and Guskowski, they get back to Chicago. 
and people are telling Kaskowski, they're like, don't, don't eat or drink anything she gives you. So people knew. Mm-hmm. And his own sister had taken some candy from Tilly and she got sick off of it. Tilly gives him some food and some moonshine and a month later, he's dead. Yeah. So her third husband, Frank Kupchik, he comes along. Uh, what dates did you get for when their marriage began, when they I, got married? I got, uh, I didn't get a date for their marriage because I honestly couldn't find a date for their marriage. I got his death date, April yeah. 20th, 1921. So I imagine just subtract a month from that. Well, one source said uh, 1914. Uh, just, just, just five right. weeks after. Yeah, I think there was some confusion there. But uh, uh, another uh, place said March 1919, which I think is probably more correct. Um, Boy, he lasted a long time. He lasted a little while, yeah. They only dated for five days, so he was uh, he was quick to uh, to jump into that, and uh, that that you know maybe a little a little hint for people out there. Just just take it slow, give it some time, get to know somebody. Maybe don't eat their cooking if everybody around them is dying. Five days, like you say hello to somebody, and then five days later, five you're... days later, yep. I mean, they might have known each other in passing or been acquaintances or something, but their actual, like, courtship was five days. Mm-hmm. Days? No. You Good were... fucking God. You might wonder, isn't she getting a reputation, you know? And granted, the other deaths happened in 1914, not 1919, but this is a time period where you have the Spanish flu mm-hmm. absolutely decimating the population from... In this period, one in every four people in Chicago had symptoms of the Spanish flu. From January 1918 to December 1920, about 50 million, maybe as high as 100 million people, that's 3 to 5% of the population of this planet at the time, died. See, that's the perfect climate to murder somebody in. Especially with poison. Yeah. I mean, I, with a gun, they can't, the, the coroner's probably not going to look at it and say stomach hemorrhage, although maybe they will. <laughs> I know how I would be a killer if I was a serial killer. I know exactly how I'd do it. I'd only strike during tornadoes. There you go. I'd be a tornado chaser, and I'd just use, like, broken legs off of chairs and stuff like that. It would look like wind damage. I don't think anybody would suspect me. Yeah, well, I mean... Are you going to be in the house when there's a tornado around? What are you going to do to the house to make it look like there's really been a tornado? Well, you'd have to be you'd have to be right in the heart of it. But, you know, a lot of those storm chasers have been in the heart of it. And here's the thing. As a four-time tornado survivor... It's true. The weirdest shit happens during tornadoes. Yeah. Um, just as an example, my first tornado, 1998, uh, I would have one, two... I would actually have two more three days later... So sort of like Tilly and Dead Husbands. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it was a thing where out front of the house I was living at, my mother's house, we had a huge maple tree and my mother was planting uh planting flowers and she had like the flowers in the plastic tray. They were like uh magnolias or what have you. Um, gladiolas or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it would be like, like gladiolas or something like that. Magnolia is a tree. Some yellow orangish flower. So we'll say gladiolas. Sure. Right? So she has them in the plastic tray. The tornado comes through, knocks the maple tree down, rips it up by the roots, and knocks it down on top of our van. Oh, jeez. The flowers are still there by the tree. Oh, my God. The trays are gone. (laughs) What? So, yes, this is the truth. That is so nuts. The trays were gone, 
and all the flowers were in a squared arrangement like the tornado picked it up took the tray sat each flower down where it was supposed to be and the trays were gone that is so nuts knock down the maple tree move on to the next oh my god so smash a window and stab somebody in the chest with with a broken chair leg yeah there you go yeah and they actually found a coat they found a coat 37 miles away from the tornado whenever it happened because it just took it up in the air and flew it away uh there was a guy that night i went out and i don't know who this guy was even though there's only 700 people in salisbury i didn't know who this guy was he was walking around stunned in his shorts he was completely topless Mm -hmm. And me and my friends got him. We sat him down. And finally, about a half an hour later, he calmed down. And he looked at us and he goes, what happened? And we said, there was a tornado. Are you okay? He goes, I was vacuuming. I had I had my earphones on. You know, he had like a Walkman. This mm-hmm. was 98. So it was like a cassette Walkman. He goes, I went to use the bathroom. And I opened the door and my house was gone. Oh my so God. like his, everything was taken of his house except for his bathroom. Holy shit. So... You saying, like, you have to make it look like a tornado hit? Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. They're weird. They're very weird. Yeah. So, um, yeah, back to the Spanish flu. Talking about disasters. Speaking of disasters that kill a lot of people. There it is. um, It arrived in Chicago in September of 1918. And in just two months, it killed over 8,500 people in the city. Not surprised. 14 months there were almost 38,000 cases of influenza and over 13,000 cases of pneumonia reported in the area. So people are dying of things that can really mimic the symptoms mm-hmm. of, say, uh, some sort of poison. We'll get there. But and it's 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 basically like, well, everybody's sick. So, you know, if you're sick, you just assume that you're sick with the same thing everybody else is sick. Right. It, I can't remember. They blamed the pigs for carrying the flu. But it actually turned out to be the birds. Probably. I can't remember either. I, I, I was looking more for numbers and especially centered yeah. on Chicago. So I, w- I wanted an idea of just how bad it was. Yeah, because I think they called it the swine flu. And it actually turned out to be avian flu. Oh, yeah. okay. And a lot of these a lot of these flus, a lot of these deadly flus, it's because the wrong bat met the wrong pig. And the bat was carrying part of something. And the pig was carrying part of something. And viruses work by swapping out DNA. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, we're, honestly, we are just around the corner, I believe, from something nasty. I have enough to worry about when I'm trying to fall asleep at night, Scott. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Your immune system is fine. The flu, honestly, I think the flu just kills the very young and the very old right now. I mean, in a lot of cases, but not always. Anyhow. anyhow you'll anyhow. be fine. I'll uh, make you chicken soup. That... I've, I've got a therapy appointment coming up. It's all good. Chicken soup, <laughs> cauliflower, and broccoli. That cures everything. Oh. So uh, Tilly and Frank Kupchak, they got into a nice routine over the next few years. He worked at a mop factory, and he would come home every night to Tilly's home-cooked meals. Mm. Oh, how sweet. It's, you know, domestic life. Uh, Except for in the spring of 1921, when a neighbor who worked as a gravedigger at All Saints Cemetery saw Tilly kissing another man. Ooh, how is this woman pulling the mad cock? I know, right? What is up with her vagina? Jesus. (laughs) It's magic. Does it, like, glow with an ethereal light? (laughs) Unicorn jumps out. Um, Oh, I gotta see that. Maybe that's what did it. Maybe, like... Why is every man hot for this woman? I need to find out. 
<laughs> I don't know. It's honestly befuddling. So she actually realizes that she's being sort of looked at and watched and rumors are getting around. She covers the windows with newspapers. No word really on what Frank thought of this. <laughs> I mean, he had to have had some thoughts. But, you know, those thoughts get distracted by the fact that uh, he got real sick yeah. real soon after this. She's going around telling people that he, quote, would not live long, end quote. And some people called her a witch for her predictions. Now, burn her. There is, well, sure, go for it. <laughs> there is, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> there is actually a history of witches in Poland, just like with everywhere, pretty much. The, I they believe they're called the Stroja. Um, Sheptuha. Ah, okay. Sheptuha. Maybe the Stroja is the Romani. <laughs> See, I, I. Uh, okay, I, I use the thing. I think Stroya might actually be Romani. <laughs> yeah. so, Not Gypsy. Oh, no! <laughs> it feels like... I don't know. I think It feels like something, and I can't remember exactly what nationality I'm thinking of. But I, Maybe it's Russian. Like on the tip of my tongue. Maybe Russian. It does have a Russian kind of feel for it. But Maybe I think Ukraine. Russian is Baba Yaga. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, depends. They might have different types of witches, too. That's true. That's true. So um, there were at least 867 known witch trials and... 558 accused witches um, in the Poland crown. Uh, this was uh, 1511 to when uh, the late 18th century when they abolished uh, witchcraft as a capital crime. And then in modern day, they still exist. They're just little tiny enclaves in little uh, out-of-the-way villages, but they, they're called Sheptuha, which translates as whisperer. They perform white magic. They're healers, or at least they're supposed to perform white magic. It is very much tied to religion. Powwow. I, I I think this is one of the things that's fascinating. No matter what culture you have on this planet, mm -hmm. you have this group of people who are witches. Mm -hmm. And I think that means something. I I, th I honestly believe it means something. I I am a I am a believer in God. Uh, I a lot of people come over to my house and they're actually a little surprised. There's a picture of Jesus hanging up there. <laughs> yeah, that's my religion. Um, not that that, you know what, I think Christianity is just as, as, uh, veritable a religion as, as Buddhism, mm -hmm. as, as Islam, everything's fine. Just, you know, I, I believe that religion is kind of like, you have a piece of the truth. I have a piece of the truth. We'll get together. And the things that jive, I believe this, you believe this, he believes this. Okay. That must be the truth. But I think it's fascinating that, you know, you have uh, medicine men mm -hmm. in Native American history. Uh, you have shaman. You have uh, you have Baba Yaga in, in Russia. You have uh, all these different all these different cultures, lots of which don't even have contact with each other. And they have the same thing going on. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, means there must be something there. Also, there's the, the idea in psychology of the collective unconscious, I think it's called. I learned about it a really long time ago. But it's these things, these these archetypes that are, are you know, show up. Carl in, Jung. Yeah. They yes. show up in throughout, you know, different, like you said, uh, groups that don't have any contact with each other. And yet you see very similar things. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, and th this is tied very deeply to religion, the Sheptuhas. They, they believe that they have uh, they have to have a very strong faith in order to perform their work they have to have like you know a, a closer relationship with with their god and you know they uh the orthodox church kind of does kind of frown on them but they feel very much that it's it's very important to have faith and that the person you're working on 
uh, if you're if you're performing a ritual or a spell or whatever you want to call it on someone, it's important that either they or someone close to them also have faith. So it's interesting how closely tied that is to religion, much like powwowing in episode 21, the Hex Hollow episode, we talked about that. See, but here's the thing, witchcraft, you Christianity has a problem with it. Only because nothing in the Christian Bible originally, King James, he changes one word in the Bible. He changes the word poisoner to witch. Mm -hmm. The line is, thou shalt not suffer a poisoner to live. He goes, well, we'll just change that to witch. Spanish Inquisition, everybody. <laughs> no one expects it, but there it was. Well, I have uh, I have a, a translation of one of their their healing spell prayers, whatever you want to call it. Let's do this because I'm feeling a little oozy. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, it gets oozy. Evil ghost, don't wake the man up. Don't crush his bones. Don't dry up his blood. Don't touch the veins. From veins, from body, bones and eyes, from legs and hands, and from urinary tracts, take off herpes, psoriasis, stains, and growths. I'll let you know if any of those things <laughs> fall off me in the next couple of days. <laughs> Because I've got them all. <laughs> they actually won't take payment. Uh, you have to leave. You, you don't have to, but it's custom to leave. You know, a little, a little, some, a little sweet treat mm -hmm. or a coin, and then usually the coin will be taken to the church to purchase a candle. Um, and it's really interesting. I don't have this necessarily in my notes, but the article I, I read that I'll post in the notes, uh, in the show notes, they had a picture of one of the. Uh, rituals, which involves putting a cloth over the head and then putting some wax on top of it and burning it. Basically, like, so you have basically a cloth on top of this person's head covering it, and then just a flame popping out of the top. And I was like, that looks uncomfortable. That's awesome. So it's metal is what it is. The modern population of Sheptuha is is decreasing. Here's a weird little side story uh, I found that it's just rumors in, in this one area where there's a, there's, there's a higher population of Sheptuha. There's an Orthodox priest there, and he died in a car wreck. Uh, he was trying to swerve around a toilet at a crossroads. <laughs> That'll happen. Uh, yeah, especially when uh, one of the uh, supposedly ways to avoid an evil charm from your enemies is to put one of their belongings at a crossroads. So maybe his toilet? Mm. Um, I'd yeah. like to say I'd never had to swerve to miss a toilet on the road, but that would be a lie. <laughs> we, we live in rural Pennsylvania. <laughs> I drive past one in somebody's yard every time I come home and leave yeah, my house. So. That's beautiful. So obviously Tilly was not one of these white magic type healers. No, um, she, starts she wasn't even really uh, magical at all. Right. She starts telling the neighbors that Frank will not have long to live. Oh, yeah. And she even tells Frank... It won't be long now, and you'll be dying soon. Very comforting words from your loving wife. She joked with the neighbors that, quote, he had two inches to live. That's not the correct measurement. No. If I go to a doctor, doctor, how long do I have? Five gallons. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I have a little something to add on to that. Because this was the time when she had found a coffin on sale for $30. Mm -hmm. uh, that's about $446 in modern money. She tried to get the landlady to store it in the basement of, of their apartment building. The landlady said, I chase you and the coffin out. And Tilly got mad at this and she said, my man, he's got only two inches to live. But for you, Busca, you got eight inches to live. Um, which was seen as a, as a threat. And I looked up Bosca, and I got several different things, none of which I think Tilly meant. Heavenly, gorgeous, God's will. I know. Maybe, 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 maybe like by God's will, you got eight inches to guess live. Guess what, gorgeous? You got eight inches to live. Exactly. Yeah, and, maybe that, yeah. And gorgeous just looks at her and goes, what? Eight <laughs> inches? Like, how was this woman a good cook? Like, yeah. well, okay. How much flour do we put in this? Four hours. No! <laughs> God damn it, Tilly! <laughs> 
So she... How, the, how long until the next TV show's on? Four hectares. <laughs> don't make sense, Tilly. I've got an acre of cinnamon to put in this, this, this these rolls. See, even that makes more sense. <laughs> well, an that's acre true, of yeah. cinnamon. That, that's true. That's a lot of that's cinnamon. That's a lot of cinnamon, yeah. That yeah. would kill me, literally. Uh, eventually, this landlady did let Tilly store it right in the apartment, where, again, Frank was dying. And she even, Tilly bragged to Frank about how economically smart she was to get such a screaming deal. And Frank said... <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. She sat uh, next to his bedside. His face was, quote, uh, this is from the book uh, that I, I re- uh, I'll mention in the sources, swollen, the color of chalk, end quote. His breathing was incredibly painful. And she sat there and knitted her morning hat that she would also wear in court. Yeah. She didn't just sit there wear, knitting a morning hat. She would play festive music on the Victrola as he was dying. As he was dying, yeah. She she rocked out to some jazz. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She, uh, she wouldn't call a doctor. She wouldn't let the neighbors call one. Uh, and on April 25th, 1921... As she'd pre- well, it might be April twenty. You have April twentieth, nineteen twenty. Yeah, I saw that in one source too. Yeah, again, sources very wildly. Mm-hmm. Just so I drag it out. Wait, hold on. We have to do the jazz version for t- sources. We can't. I, I can't no, get it. No, it's, it's really hard to do yeah. jazz in sync with somebody else. Yeah, exactly, because <laughs> jazz makes no fucking sense yeah, whatsoever. Fucking it's nature. It's not in sync. I hate jazz with a passion. <laughs> I don't like it much either. So I need I need predictability in my music. I See, really I do. like swing, like big band music. I but love you, you big band. Get, you can get predictability there. Exactly. Exactly. Like it just sounds like you push your musical instruments down the steps. See the. Uh, the the I, I want to say it's probably called the jazz band, but they play like good stuff. Um, uh, they play and practice during my office hours on Thursday, and they're right down the hall, so I can sit there listening <laughs> to the good stuff. There we go. Being played like right in my I'm just like grading homeworks, and I'm just like, rocking out. So, so yeah, um, April twenty fifth or twentieth, one of the two. She predicted it to the day. Um, she actually yanked his pillows out from underneath him just to speed things up, make sure that her prediction was was correct. And then when he died, she grabbed his ears and shouted, You devil, you won't get up anymore! And then, yep. as we said, turned on the Victrola and just had herself a good old time with some jazz. Oh, yes. So the cause of death was uh, called... It, it, was, it was bronchial pneumonia, which is literally exactly one of the symptoms of arsenic poisoning. And I have one thing to say here. Old lace? Not quite. You know, some guys just can't hold their arsenic. Ah, <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, baby. And then she is on to husband number four. Jesus Christ. Like, I thought I was bad with wife number two. <laughs> this woman's on husband number four. And it may even be her second or third or fourth Joseph. I'm not even sure at this point. Joseph Klimek. Um, she met him when he came to see Frank at his bedside. And he just is, he's described as a, well, he's a widower. And he's, he'd had a long, nice marriage. Uh, he's kind of a passive, slow kind of guy. So pretty much exactly what she's shooting for. Mm-hmm. And she really commits to him. She burns up all the pictures of her previous husbands and lovers. And I don't care if they didn't take a whole lot of pictures in these day, in those days. I bet she had a shit ton because she'd had a shit ton of husbands and lovers. Well, you know, that's the thing, too. We're talking... We're talking about an era where it's not easy to take a photo. 
Yeah. A lot of people, the first time they had their photo taken was their death. Yeah, yeah, which is so creepy. Oh yeah. my god! Look, if you want to have just a grand old night of no sleep, I suggest looking up some post mortem photos from the eighteen and nineteen hundreds. It is incredibly creepy, and it was most often children because yeah. they, you know, if if children died young, uh, they they hadn't hadn't had a chance to get a, a picture of them. So yeah, we saw some. I'm trying to remember if it was at the National Gallery of Art or at the the Smithsonian like Welcome Center in the castle down there. I saw a castle. I had to go to it. I didn't care what it was. I was like, "There's a castle. I need to go there." Um, but they they had a collection of the the postmodern photography. I want to say it was probably at the Smithsonian thing because they had exhibits from all their various museums. But I was just like, "Nope," walking right past that. And I have a true crime podcast. Yeah. You know, I... it just reminded me too much of the the OC Sneed thing when when for a while I thought that it was a picture of her taken after death, and I was so creeped out. I have actually got to hold a real post-mortem death uh, photograph in my hands weird story uh back in the day art bell was was a real thing Mm -hmm. you know people loved listening to art bell and people would send art bell you know scans of photographs that they found this one guy found a photograph of what he thought was an alien baby and it had six fingers it had a huge head large eyes and i emailed the guy and it turned out him and i only lived an hour away from each other so i said i think i know what this is and we looked at it and it was a child who had died it was a Mm. post-mortem photograph the child obviously had progeria okay which causes polydactyly it causes enlarged heads the children i'm sure that everybody's here has seen progeria uh, children that have progeria, they age four to five times faster. Mm. And unfortunately, this little baby had progeria in a time whenever progeria was really, really bad. So mm-hmm. it didn't survive infancy. But that is the one postmortem photograph uh, photograph I've got to hold. Oh, it's just so... It is. I mean, I understand the reasonings for it. And I, I certainly don't judge anybody for, especially with, you know, children or any loved one wanting something so you can remember their face because our memory of people fades as as we as time goes on it's just natural but it still is is creepy (laughs) i still maintain that it's i understand the choice i understand why you did it at the time i still uh am uncomfortable see i don't find it so creepy because like you said somebody wants somebody to something to remember somebody by Mm -hmm. what i find creepy is the new death selfie like at grandpa's funeral oh my god i know jesus fucking christ (laughs) No, don't do that. Way, way back before selfies, before even, uh, you know, smartphones, we were at uh, my grandfather's funeral and my my uncle, God bless him, he's a shutterbug. He loves taking pictures. And he, I don't remember if he took a picture. I don't think he took a picture of my grandpa in the coffin. I really hope he didn't. But my poor brother was one of the pallbearers and they're walking out of the church carrying the, the, the coffin and my uncle is standing there with his camera taking a picture. And I'm just looking at my brother and I'm like, he does not know whether to smile and say cheese or what. Like that poor kid looked so confused. Yay. I'm pretty sure my brother was a pauper on that one. It was a long time ago. But so anyhow, back to poor uh, Joseph Climac, who actually uh, didn't didn't fare too badly. All things considered. All things considered, yeah. So, yeah, she she really, Tilly goes all in. She she destroys all of her love letters, too. She puts his picture on the mantle. And they seem to have a, a nice time. They they went to the movies occasionally, the, the moving pictures. They, they never really quarreled. But 
Later, he, w he would say, well, she was always off kind of running around during the day, but well, she was always there with dinner at, you know, the, the usual time, so everything's good, you know, I guess. Um, he made $26 a week. Big spender. Big spender. Well, in our day, that's $395 a week. He would hand it all over to her, but $1. Really? One dollar. He would give her all $25 and then keep one for himself, for, and that's for the week. And when he got sick, she was like, well, it's all the whiskey you've been drinking. And he's like, how much do you think I'm buying with one dollar? Which, by the way, is $15. And I'm like, that's, that's certainly like... And, and, and during Prohibition, too, yeah. it's a, a, a rare commodity. It, it's, you have to go on the black market. It's going to not be cheap. I am... <sighs> God, I don't know, but I'd imagine a shot of whiskey then probably costs the same as a shot of whiskey now. It's entirely possible. It depends <clears throat> on where you live, of yeah. course. But Like oranges. Uh, oranges in the 1950s and 60s cost pretty much the same as they do now. Huh. I didn't yeah. know that. Interesting. I learned that from Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the things we learned from Stephen King. Don't do cocaine was the big one I learned That from is Stephen a big King. one, yeah. So Tilly, of course, had him take out... A life insurance policy. Don't do that. Oh, man. I mean, you know, do it if you're you're not, like, afraid that your wife is poisoning you and if she hasn't had multiple previous husbands die. If, if you decide to take out a life insurance policy, fantastic. Do it. If somebody tells you to take out a life insurance policy... <laughs> that they're going to be the benefactor of, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, think think hard about that. So uh, she, Tilly went to her cousin, Nellie Kulik, for some marriage advice. And who, who thought Tilly was going to be the looker? I know, right? <laughs> oh my God. Now, Nellie, she had some wise words for Tilly. She said, get a divorce. Tilly said, no, I'll get rid of him some other way. So Nellie just goes to the cupboard and she gets out the rough on rats, which, by the way, that is definitely going to be the episode art. Definitely. Oh, my gosh. I, I love, love it. those boxes. They are so fantastic. It, this is an insecticide um, that is 90% arsenic, which I, I found out arsenic in French is called poudre de secession, which is, uh, it translates to inheritance powder. <laughs> Don't you just love it? It's so, it's so just dark and grim and hilarious. At the that same is time. fantastic. Inheritance powder. So uh, the uh, the book that I read, Poison Widow. Uh, I just I really enjoyed this little bit. Rough on Rat's slogan: "Don't die in the house." Apparently, didn't apply to husbands. <laughs> I'm like, you're freaking right. So uh, his dogs eat uh, some of Tilly's table scraps, and they proceed to um, guess what? Die. And uh, Psychic Tilly returns. Mm -hmm. uh, Sheptuha Tilly returns. You are pretty near dead now, she said. And uh, didn't I tell you you aren't going to live long? And then I have in, in, in italics as she reaches for the Victrola. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to play some music. Why do psychics always do like the whole death thing and never like the winning lottery numbers? I know, right? Like, yeah. you know, tell me something good. I'm paying you money. So, well, he, I, he, he was paying her money. He was giving her money. I mean, within a marriage, it's not necessarily paying somebody money, but she's getting 25, 26 of his take home. I have given a psychic exactly 12 of my dollars. That was just because my girlfriend at the time wanted me to go see a psychic. She thought it would be fun. And I just went, you know what? This was total bullshit. I should do this for a living. Shut up, soda. There we go. <laughs> I went to one in Greenwich Village, uh, New York, who said I would have three children, including a set of twins. 
and uh, I, I basically just apparently lived my life to blast that out of the water. Uh, no children here. And uh, another one who just made my weekend when I went... Uh, no, that was the same one. She, um, she, My little sister was with us. I was actually chaperoning her choir's trip to New York City. My little sister, uh, for those who don't know, has Down syndrome. And uh, she... She she gets things in her head and she gets stuck on them and she's very open to suggestions and uh, so the the palm reader I guess it was she tells my little sister you're going to be a writer <laughs> so I got to spend the entire weekend on this trip with a bunch of high schoolers and my little sister talking all about how she's going to be a writer including on the bus trip back which was overnight and I was studying for a uh, psych exam I needed to drive back and take the very next day oh, I Jesus. needed to drive like three and a half hours back from my hometown back to UPJ. And uh, and my little sister sitting next to me on the bus. And the thing is, is that when she writes, she has to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. And so if she's sitting there writing and saying it out loud, and I'm trying to study this for this psych exam, and I, I bombed that test so bad. I bombed it so bad. It was probably my worst performance on a test ever. So, yeah. Now, remember, I read your tarot cards once. Yes, you did. Yeah. I don't even remember what it was. Was I very accurate? I don't remember either. I remember, I remember doing a cold reading on you once, mm-hmm. which was just the standard script that they gave you, and you went, wow, that's really accurate. No, that's total bullshit. <laughs> and then I actually brought the book out and went, okay, we're going to look this up for real this time. I need so. you to give me another reading sometime. So I'll bring my cards next time. Absolutely, yes. Right on. Maybe we'll do it on the air. Ooh. That would that, be fun. Patreon exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Tarot card reading. <laughs> so, uh... I don't even know where I was. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, Psychic Tilly comes we back. We are really out on a limb this week. <laughs> Sorry. It's fun, though. So um, his uh, Joseph's brother, John, calls in a doctor who diagnosed Joseph Klemek with arsenical poison. Dr. Peter Burns, the hilariously named Dr. Dr. Peter, Peter Burns. Burns. <laughs> I like to think he was a urologist. And it's said that Tilly had a merry twinkle in her eyes this whole time. Joseph sent to the hospital, and guess what? Tests are positive. Who would have thought? The test arsenic. At the, the test at the time for arsenic poisoning was it was incredibly interesting. Oh, I'm sure. What they did was uh, they looked at some paperwork, and if you were married to Tilly, they just assumed <laughs> it's arsenic poisoning. It's pretty much, oh, oh, that, that's your marriage certificate, t- Tilly? Oh, God, oh, yes. Oh, Jesus Christ. You're, you're dying, and it's her fault. So Let's she- get you the antidote, which is get you the hell away from Tilly. Basically, yeah. She's arrested uh, for attempted murder on October 26, 1922. Lieutenant Willard K. Malone is bringing her in in the wagon, and she wags her finger at him and says, The next one I want to cook a dinner for is you. You made all my trouble. I, I beg to differ. I beg to differ, Tilly. I think maybe you and the Rough on Rats made all your trouble. Lady, I'm just a driver. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, Malone in Chicago, that's exactly what I... <laughs> oh, Lady, yeah. I'm just a driver. <laughs> Tilly is not alone. For some reason... There was a four times increase in homicides committed by women between 1875 and 1920. Over a hundred women killed their husbands during that period that is known of, and poison was getting real big. The Chicago Tribune called it the newest murder mania. Ooh, I like it. I do too. <laughs> and uh, Sounds like a dance. It does. That might be the episode title. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but there weren't a lot of uh, guilty verdicts. In the years before Tilly's trial, there were 32 women put on the stand and four 
guilty verdicts. Because again, well, first of all, there was this uh, usually all male juries. Uh, and also uh, women would play up the looks. And so basically if you were uh, not attractive, older, anything like that, you would generally uh, get, uh, you you would get convicted. But yeah. other than that, you were able to get off because they basically were like, oh, but she's young and pretty, I can't do that. And yeah. Yeah, Patreon subscribers will hear two fascinating cases that lead to a very surprising conclusion. Mm -hmm. Uh, in in this week's Patreon episode. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely check that out. And uh, the uh, the assistant state's attorney and apparently the judge were pretty determined to convict Tilly. Even the judge, he was like, "Yeah, we got to get these uh, these these poisoners off the streets. This is getting ridiculous. This one's ugly. I think we can make this one stick. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah." So her son, actually, he, he's the only surviving of, of three children that she had. I, I wonder why. I wonder. He's brought in on suspicion because he actually worked at an electrotyping plant, and they there used arsenic to reproduce engraved metal plates, is my understanding of that. But basically, Tilly points the finger at good old cousin Nellie, and they let her son off the hook. Nellie, at first, is an accessory to attempted murder of, of Joseph Climac. I have to specify which Joseph, <laughs> but the cops got a little love letter unsigned that suggests that they exhumed the body of her late husband, Mr. Sturmer. I bet it's one of the neighbors. And probably, or anybody who knew them. Or it might have been the Mad Gasser of Mattoon. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. There's more people implicated. Another cousin of Tilly and her daughter apparently attempted to kill the daughter's husband. Um... So they actually let uh, Tilly visit Joseph in the hospital. And he goes completely off on her. He's like, you know, I'm going to divorce you. I'm going to leave you. I'm done with you. And she just says, you know, she gives him a little kiss on the forehead and says with absolutely no emotion, cool as a cucumber, as my mother would say, Joe, I don't think they're treating you right here. You'd better come home with me. <laughs> no. And then proceeds to Joe, Joseph asks for a glass of water from the nurse until he tells her, if he makes any trouble for you, take a two by four and hit him over the head with it. Jesus. She, she just Christ. swings from, from like, oh, honey, you better come home with me to, to the nurse. Just bash him over the head. Uh, I can kill him. Whatever. <laughs> He's just a person. After the arrest, so much stuff comes out. Uh, several neighbors and relatives and a dog of the two women have died. Uh, the list is quite impressive. Mrs. Rose Chudzinski, a cousin, died in 1919 after attending uh, Frank and Tilly's wedding. Uh, Tilly had had an argument with her at the wedding. Uh, Helen Zarkreski, a uh, cousin, uh, died 1915 at the age of 15. Stanley Zarkreski, uh, cousin, died 1912. God, I'm not getting these names right. Age 16. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? Stanley uh, Zarkreski, uh, cousin, 1913, died age uh, 23. Tilly attended to all of them when they were ill. Honestly, I think probably she was the one that made them ill in the first place. Some sort of weird Munchausen by proxy. Uh, Myers, her sweetheart that she had, went missing <laughs> March 1923. Wojek Strummer, Nellie's husband, uh, not Tilly's husband, Nellie's husband, died 1918. Dorothy Spera, Nellie's granddaughter, died arsenic poisoning, age two. Yeah. Sophie Sturmer. Nellie's daughter, her own daughter, 1917, 
Ben Sturmer, her twin brother, died one month later. And it's not just them. There are survivors of this, too. Joseph Klimek, of course. Uh, Tilly's hubby spent three months in the hospital. John Sturmer, Nellie's son, survived. Mrs. Rose Split, who was given poison candy by Tilly, survived. Miss Steli Grentkowski, poison candy after a fight. Nick Maiko, uh, Bessie Kupchik, Lillian Sturmer, the daughter of Nellie, had heart trouble after her poisoning for quite a while. Mm -hmm. This was not just husbands. They were essentially poisoning everybody around them. Yeah, there were um, 11 of Tilly's dead relatives were exhumed and arsenic was found in seven of them. They exhumed um, all of her husbands. Uh, Mikowitz had 11.2 milligrams of arsenic in his corpse. Rudiskowski had 13.8 milligrams. Mm. These might be micrograms, but I think they're milligrams. Um, Kupchik's corpse had eight, eight milligrams, and they didn't find it in mm -hmm. the soil around them, too, which is how some bodies end up getting arsenic in them. It's from the, 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 the soil around the grave. And um, from so it was only in their bodies. And by the way, Kupchik's corpse, eight milligrams, uh, apparently was enough to kill four men. Damn. So, yeah, uh, Nellie's husband, Sturmer, had enough arsenic to kill, uh, it just said several people. I'm just gonna assume four, five, eighty. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> From what I understand of arsenic, it is a cumulative poison. Once it's in your system, it stays in your system. So you can have a little bit now. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks later, you can have a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And it's just going to stay in your system until you reach a fatal dose. It could take hundreds of years if you're a Highlander. But, <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's cumulative from what I understand of it. Yeah, yeah. That's basically it. Just keep on, just get little doses, little doses. Um, I tried to do some of the math on it and I just found myself completely befuddled and I didn't want to bug my sister. <laughs> so, uh, so they, uh, Tilly's basically like, man, eh, this is just neighborhood gossip. They're suspected of killing over 20, but they're only charged with the murders of Kupchik and Sturmer. So Kupchik for, uh, Tilly and Sturmer for Nelly. The state basically is keeping the other charges in its back pocket, just in case the strongest charges they have don't work. Then they're like, okay, well, you know, that one's out. We'll just mm -hmm. try this one. Um, so the press called them Lady Bluebeards and really tended to lump them together as sort of a unit. But they were really they were really different people. Nellie tended to be more humble and sort of scared and, and skittish. And Tilly, it said, was and I did not not attach this word to her, but the, this, this articles at the time said she was more patrician. Um, but she also seemed to be uh, colder and uh, more just completely detached from reality, <laughs> basically. Um, a description from Forbes, this will really do it for you, uh, of Tilly at the trial. Yes, please. She has a, quote, greasy complexion and a lumpy figure, growls instead of murmurs, and knows a crochet needle better than a lipstick, end quote. <laughs> I just, oh my god. It, this, it's like Gru from the Minions <laughs> with a wig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, uh, they're not being very, uh, they're just going all out. Uh, the writers must have been having a lot of fun with that. Like, I, I bet all the, the newspaper writers sat there and like, okay, who can come up with the worst? <laughs> you know? She, she, just, she just sat there and just... She is a lump of a human being. With, <laughs> she looks like mashed potatoes and gravy made flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sully the good name of mashed potatoes and gravy, See, especially Thanksgiving week. <laughs> that's why that one never made it to the papers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So the prosecutors, they had this track record of these, you know, like four out of 32 that they were able to convict. And they were like, 
I don't think evidence is usually the biggest hurdle in a, in a woman killer case. I think attractiveness of the defendant is. So they basically looked at the two of them and they were like, no, we got this. We're we, good. We're good. And they, we, they kind of did. We got this. Don't worry. So, These people going to jail. <laughs> you asked about Tilly's parents. They were in their 70s at this time. And they, uh, they were really the only people who stood by her, just constantly said in Polish that she was innocent. She was not. No. I would like to talk about the judge in Nellie's case. Oh, because, Judge uh, Marcus Cavanaugh? Judge Marcus Cavanaugh. He was determined um, that some experimentation with the latest and greatest craze, eugenics, may have prevented this. And I have a quote from this gentleman. Now, remember, ladies and gentlemen, Marcus Cavanaugh, huge fan of the death penalty. Big fan. So Death penalty for parking violation. Quote, <laughs> If we had a field worker, a eugenics expert, to check up on the history of this whole family at the time one moron was discovered, then the police might have been warned to watch this woman and so might possibly have prevented these crimes. And he said he was going to, quote, apply to the Carnegie Institute for such a worker, and then we find one case we can seek out and locate the next, end quote. And to that I say, calm down, literally Hitler. Yes. <laughs> literally Hitler. <laughs> so, okay. Very unpopular opinion, but I'm going to state this. I am... Uh, I'm like not, I'm not ready for this, but go ahead. Okay. Oh God, what's going to come out? <laughs> I think the same way that so socialism isn't completely bad. Mm -hmm. It's not completely bad. Eugenics is not completely bad. It's got a bad name. For example, they have found a sociopath gene. It was, it's a very interesting story. The doctor who found it, at first he was having trouble finding it because he was I using himself as the control and, and he, he had it. he was a sociopath. Well, yeah. yeah, he had the gene. Yeah. He had the gene and he went up to his family and went, oh, that's insane. I'm not a sociopath. And they went, you totally are a sociopath, <laughs> that. But here's the thing. He was a sociopath in the good way. Uh, I, I'm convinced the the surgeon that operated on my mother was a sociopath, but that's the person you want. You want a person who's going to open you up and look at you the same way a mechanic looks at the car, not as a, me who would open you up and go, ah, ah, no. oh, no, yeah. and then just vomit in your <laughs> cavity. Uh, <laughs> Beautiful imagery. Yeah. Thank you. But what I'm saying is maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to be tested. And it's like, oh, you've got the sociopath gene. So you know what? We're going to tailor your education to this way so that you don't end up being a serial killer. So that you end, you know, we're going to make sure that your family life is good. Okay, all right. So proactive education, not culling the herd. Exactly. Okay. All right. Exactly. So once again. It can still be used to just label some people with, with a, a broad brush and, and use that label to attach it to them for the rest of their lives. But everything really is dangerous. So exactly. there's that. There's exactly. Everything, literally everything has a slippery slope. Exactly. So socialism, for example, I think socialized healthcare is a very good idea. I think it should be implemented in the mm -hmm. United States. Do I think that we should have bread lines and everybody get paid the same amount for the same job? No, that's not going to work. It's been shown not to work. But socialized healthcare has been shown not to work. Eugenics, do I think we should round up all the people we don't like and put them into camps and make sure that there's like selective breeding programs and that we sterilize people that we find? No! 
And and people are going, oh, you wouldn't sterilize. That happened as early as, as late as the 1980s. Yeah, yeah. There were there were poor mentally challenged people being sterilized by the state. Mm-hmm. It happened. No, that is not what we want. But looking at somebody's genetics, especially in this day and age, and going like, hey, you know, it would be, I wouldn't have a problem with. Oh my God! You have this. Uh, you have this gene for cancer. Let's take some preventative steps to to make sure that you don't get cancer. Or I mean, they're you... kind of do that with the B- BRCA. I think it's BRCA gene for for breast cancer. Right. You know, you can get a preventive mastectomy. Especially. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like throwing out the DNA and going like, oh, you have the sociopath gene. That's okay. No worries. We can make this work for you. As long as it's not like immediately throwing them into an institution with no hope. Because like you said, there is there is a good sociopath. So. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Eugenics? I'm not going to throw the entire eugenics baby out with the bathwater. I think there's a little bit there to be said that's going to be helpful to society. Mm-hmm. But by no means like forced sterilization in camps. No, oh, fuck yeah, that. Yeah. Okay, so... Unpopular Opinion <laughs> Monthly. <laughs> it's our new podcast. <laughs> uh, I su- suspect you have enough uh, unpopular opinions to do a, a weekly, maybe, uh, maybe daily. Daily. <laughs> daily. Prostitution should be legal. Midgets should be kept as pets. Homeless people should be used as dog food. Okay, I only believe one of those things. <laughs> and now, listener, it's your turn to guess. <laughs> Leave a review, a five-star review, with your guess as to what, which one of those is Scott's true unpopular opinion. Is it the midgets? Final. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, and there's even some speculation that eugenics could have been in play when uh, the, the the two women got exams from uh, Dr. William J. Hickson, a psychiatrist. Um, he said that they were subnormal mentally and that neither of them had a quote. That's a quotation, by the way. <laughs> that is not from my mouth. Um, oh, neither of them had, a, quote, an intellect higher than an 11-year-old, end quote. But this same man had also examined one of Nellie's sons earlier for juvenile court and knew that another son was in for robbery recently. So that could have factored in if he's, you know, if he's one of these eugenics proponents and he's thinking basically Apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, you know, and he's definitely on the side of nature versus nurture, Mm -hmm. then he might be saying, well, you know, I've seen the son. Clearly the mom must be crazy, but they kind of were so. Um, they were both diagnosed with uh, what was known back then. This was the hot new diagnosis, which probably we've never heard of since, pretty much. Dropsy. <laughs> dropsy. You have dropsy. Dementia precox. Ooh. Which uh, was basically, uh, quote, chronic incurable insanity, end quote. It was eventually replaced with schizophrenia as a more specific diagnosis and a more specific set of symptoms um, and behaviors. So, and you would think, with all that, you would think... Insanity plays would work. Not so much. Not for you, ladies, because you're ugly. <laughs> well, not for one lady. Um, so <laughs> at uh, at Tilly's trial, three gravediggers testified. <laughs> that alone, I think, is like, oh, if you have three gravediggers testifying, whoa. And Jesus Christ. A lady undertaker. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> that's I was like, yeah, you yeah. can. All right. Um, six doctors, a chemist, four nurses, and. 
three insurance agents. Basically, the, one of the rare times that Tilly showed any sort of emotion or anything going on up in her head was when the, the insurance agents testified she looked like she was double-checking their numbers in her head. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Divided by the, 17. Carry the one. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's how much money I got from killing those men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she really wasn't very active during the trial. Uh, on a few rare occasions, prosecutors read a list of 20 names, and after each one, they went, did you kill this person? Tilly would go, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it, yeah. She did take the stand. Um, a three-hour cross-examination from the opposing counsel, and during that period of time, she kind of denied everything. She said, quote, I loved them. They loved me. They died same as other people. I'm not responsible for that. I could not help if they wanted to die, end quote. Holy shit! Then, no, they didn't... That you were not performing like a, uh, assisted suicide. Yeah. <laughs> this was this was definitely unwanted death. And at you crazy one, lady. at one, oh yeah, we're getting into some crazy territory because at one point during the trial, Tilly stands up as if in a trance and chants that the netherworld defied mortals to send her to her death. Oh my god, I didn't find that yeah. in my research. Holy shit. <laughs> Tilly is eventually given the harshest sentence ever given to a woman in Cook County at that time. She gets the appropriate life in prison. And that's after one hour and 20 minutes of mm-hmm. deliberation. Uh, yeah, she's uh, also the first woman in Cook County found guilty of murdering her husband. Um, uh, and she just smiled. They took her back to her cell and she said... It was warm in there. Yeah. Just, you know, oh, I was I was a little toasty. So mm. when do I get to go home? <laughs> <laughs> so there was the possibility that they could maybe get another woman convicted of murder with Nellie's trial coming. Remember cousin Nellie? And going for the also twofer. loved herself some rough on rats. Basically the one who handed Tilly the box. Honestly. So I'm sure Tilly was familiar with rough on rats. Honestly, this whole thing spells out to me because just the way that they describe nelly just the way they describe tilly the way tilly interacts with nelly in prison hint it's not nice go ahead and talk about it yeah i yeah, I, I focused t- on other stuff and i come, kind of forgot to include that stuff in my notes yeah. tilly teased nelly relentlessly mm-hmm. in We're and out of prison fun teasing no or... not like, oh your hair looks greasy <laughs> oh yeah pot kettle black there it is <laughs> At one point, now these women did not speak a lot of English. Uh, at one point, the guards are coming to take Nellie outside. Tilly convinces her that the guards are taking her to hang her. And she is screaming and crying. And these poor guards, they don't speak Polish. Yeah, they don't know. Right. Lady, calm down. You know, it's, Just going outside. Just going outside. Enjoy the sun. Jesus Christ. What are you, a vampire? Yeah. I honestly think... That Nellie was so scared of Tilly that she did whatever. Yeah. We she, have, may have, she may have poisoned her own, you know, grandchildren or children because, like, if Tilly said so, honestly. And, and we you wouldn't be able to get that out of her if she was so terrified. Honestly, would you put it past, would you put it past ne- uh, Tilly to have done it instead of Nellie? No, not at all. Yeah. Not one bit. And, and, and Tilly to say, well, unless you, you know, take the fall... Um, uh, you're next. The Honestly, the fact that Nellie survived kind of says that she was being used for something to me. And I mean, that's just a theory, but fuck. So then we get into Nellie's trial. Um, this one was kind of, uh, 
fun. Um, she she was married to Wojcik Sturmer, who was the the husband that died, um, and uh, she was kind of into a, a man that was boarding with them, uh, Al- Albert Kulik, um, who she would later marry, as you might have known. We said her name Nellie Kulik mm-hmm. earlier. Now um, remember this this is the guy that would burst through cement walls and go, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah no, not that guy. We now um, know his real name. A neighbor uh, <laughs> testified that he'd see, quote, twilight petting parties, end quote, on her Ooh. back porch, and not with her husband. And another quote from the neighbor is, and that was not all I saw. To which I say, bow chicken, bow gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's disgusting. I could go for a couple twilight petting parties <laughs> myself. That might be the episode title. There it is. <laughs> there Twilight it is. Petting Party. Twilight Petting Parties. So, yeah, the 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 audience or whatever you want to call them in, in the in the courtroom was getting just quite the giggle out of that. <laughs> just the, just the tie. <laughs> Off the pipe. So there's 22 hours of deliberation. Uh, they vote 10 to 2 for acquittal and apparently majority rules or something. I don't even know if they don't have hung juries at this point in time or what. That basically acquits her by default. She gets off. Um, and then she's on trial for assault with intent to murder Joseph Klimek and she's found not guilty. She's never tried for any of the other killings. No one is tried for any of the other killings. They have all these people who are dead and they have proof of it. And... Only Tilly. Uh, but Nellie's husband, as you might, might imagine, divorces her right off. This is the man that she uh, she had twilight petting parties with uh, mm. when she was married to Wojcik Sturmer. A hand job is not worth an arsenic poisoning. Apparently not. Uh, yeah, and so Tilly, Tilly, well, she lasted 13 years before dying in jail at the age of 64 in 1936. And she was the only one to serve time from what they called the poison ring, which is a piece man. of jewelry... I want and don't want at the same time. <laughs> really? You don't want a poison, right? Well, I mean, I would I actually I don't actually have any poison to put in it, and if I did, I would never use it on myself or anybody else, but just having it to say I had it, I guess. See, here's the thing. You could put like Splenda in it. And like, you know, you could like like sugar up your own like coffee or what have you. There like you go. whenever you have tea a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it might make it feel a little fancier, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. So that's all I got on Tilly Klimek and uh, the the Poison Widow. Ooh. So uh, so yeah, that was that was quite the case. So uh, uh, podcast recommendations or what you got going on this weekend? Which one do you want to do? The uh, what I got going on this weekend. Of course, I got to work, but man, right after this, I'm going to go home. I'm going to put on the Good Place. Mm, yes, the Good yes. Place. Such a good doll. Oh. oh. Oh, oh Tahani just, is just... Mm. But Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell's the sweetheart. She's delightful. Yeah, but Tahani. <laughs> I think my voice only does what it just did when I'm talking about Kristen, Kristen Bell. Bell. <laughs> yeah. But afterwards, I am going to make my first print. Oh, yay! So, yeah, it's my I'm first so 3D print. You. Yeah, and I'm going to print out the little piece that's broken on the 3D printer. <laughs> <laughs> But there is this amazing website, if you're thinking about getting a 3D printer, and you're sitting back going like, well, what the hell would I even print? Uh, Check out the website Thingiverse. Mm. They have files that you can download for free. That's awesome. Like, one of my my friends today, he's a guitarist, he says, well, you got this thing, like, what can I do with it? 
And I said, well, let's just put in the word guitar. And all of a sudden, there's like 10 things that he wants now. Can you make me this guitar pick holder? What about the uh, guitar stand? Do you think it's going to be strong enough? I want that ram's horn guitar stand where it's like the fingers in the ram's horn coming out and you attach it to the wall and you hang the the guitar off the index and the pinky. Uh, So now he wants to buy a 3D printer. (laughs) I have interrupted him. (laughs) How about you, buddy? What do you got going on this week? Um, I think I'm going to try and get these papers and such graded as soon as possible and not procrastinate. I'm going to try really hard not to procrastinate just so that I can enjoy the rest of my time off and get other stuff done. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be probably my weekend is grading. And, uh, you know, um, we can, you know, that's that's basically it. And then, uh, you know, I'll take some breaks to, to cross-stitch and listen to True Crime Podcasts, which is basically how I wind down. <laughs> so, and uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't have anything specific. Um yeah, yeah, it's just grading and just kind of easing into Thanksgiving break and going to the gym. Like I said, I might even try and go over the weekend. Maybe I'll drag uh, drag the, the old husband with me. Now, do you go to Planet Fitness? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. What's your favorite piece of equipment at Planet Fitness? Oh, honestly, I'm a treadmill junkie. Really? Yeah, but I also um, – right, so I love the treadmill – uh, the bikes are okay. I can never get on the stair machines because there's always, like, there's only three of them. And there's always people on them. I hate the elliptical. And there's that other thing that I'm afraid to try. I don't know I what f- it is, but I'm afraid to try it. I fucking love the elliptical. See, it, it's some sort of muscles that I apparently never exercise in. So, like, I'm not going to exercise them. But I love doing, like, interval uh, training on mm-hmm. the the, uh, the the treadmill. You know, doing, like, you know, the, the, the bursts of running and then and walking or jogging. Those really, that they make me feel really good. And then... People complain about leg day, or at least they used to. I love leg day. I hate arm day. Yeah, arm day sucks. Arm day sucks. I love leg day. I love like going on the the the. Yeah, there we go. Back to, Back to arm day. I, wow, I should, we really I should switch sides. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so so yeah, we've come full circle here. Uh, so yeah, this has been <laughs> biceps and murderous broads <laughs> with Christy and Scott. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> so. Uh, don't forget our Patreon, patreon.com slash oldtimeycrimey, and uh, you can get exclusive mini-crimeys there. Uh, we uh, are putting up our very first one this week, and uh, you can look forward to more of those if you uh, become a patron. And also our social media. Uh, well, there's other benefits, too, so there's not just that, but go and, and take a look. And our social media, we are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, we are on Instagram, we are on Reddit as Old Timey Crimey in all of those places. So follow us or find us, whatever. Um, uh, let's see, today is the 21st, this will go up next week. Um, well, you'll, you'll have like a few hours to get in on our giveaway <laughs> if, you, if you're hearing this next week for the first time but we do have our, our giveaway where you can send your creepy stranger stories and that can be one where you were accidentally the creepy stranger too so that happens um, some of us you know like it, it just we don't always know when we're the creepy stranger in somebody else's story. I'm really into this working out while we podcast. We I think this is going to be a, a, a habit now. Um, so yeah we're, we're going to be recording on Twitch um, oh, yeah, I was talking about the oldtimeycrimey at gmail.com. You can send your creepy stranger stories there and possibly win one of these lovely old-timey-crimey stickers. Yeah. And they're limited edition because, as you can see, we have our new logo. 
Okay, let's see. Social media. Oh, we also one-time donations, oldtimeycrimey at gmail.com on PayPal. Just send it there. If you just want to shoot us a dollar. And don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever, if you if you can do reviews. If, uh, if not, just follow us, and we're happy to uh, have you along weekly on our journey through time and crime. Ooh. <laughs> I like that. I love it when I come up with a shit like that. <laughs> oh, and we would like to apologize for the sound last week. It was a little low because we're still getting used to the Blue Yeti and we had to find the right configuration. So we hopefully this week should be good because I spent some time like just sitting here and then going back and forth between the different sides of the microphone <laughs> and watching YouTube videos and figuring it out. So the peaks are looking good. Yeah, it's on, looking better than it did yeah. last week. So I think I think we 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 found our we found our groove. Yes, so. we have. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and we really we're going to be uh, no, we will have already released a bonus episode by the time you hear this uh, bonus mini sode mini crimey. Uh, so uh, listen to that if you haven't already, and then check out our Patreon for other uh, mini episodes that we'll be releasing uh, over time. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Hi Twitch, we see you. You see us. There's 15 of you. In there. Oh, Yay. Very exciting. So, uh, yeah, and we will see you, or you will hear us, or you will see us next, next week. week. Bye. Bye. women killed their period <laughs> no that's called menopause oh no, yeah that's, that's what that's called i know oh. what i'm adding to the end of the show <laughs> perfect